Welcome to the Dewhawk Digest, the podcast for all things Loris College. I'm joined this week by Loris alumnus Patrick Reedy as we reflect on his time as a student on campus and his return to the college as an employee. I'm Robert Waterbury, Assistant Director of Campus Communications, and I'm pleased to welcome the aforementioned Mr. Reedy. Patrick, welcome to the Dewhawk Digest. Thanks for having me, Robert. So I'm so glad to have you here because I know you've got some great Loris experiences and stories to share. Well, and, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, and we'll, we'll start from the beginning. We'll start with your origin story, right? You okay. Know, um, radioactive spider or... No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was it, what was it that, uh, I guess, where, where'd you grow up? Where did, how, what brought you to Loris? Well, I, I'm originally from Waterloo, Iowa. I went to St. John's high, uh, grade school and then Catholic high school uh, called Columbus High School. Um, uh, fantastic experiences there. I'm one of nine kids. And uh, it just so happens that uh, my older brother, not the oldest, but Mike, my brother, uh, class of 67, he attended Loris, had a great experience, and he paved the way for a couple of my siblings. Uh, my sister Sarah was a, a graduate of 76, and of course I'm a graduate of 79. So they, uh, the, the path was paved by two great people in front of me, and it was a fantastic path, yeah. Was there anything about, uh, did you kind of visit them while they were here or just like heard enough about Loris? Like, you know what, I really want to go there. No, actually, uh, there's, there, it, it was a decision based upon two things. First of all, I knew I wanted to go to college, but I didn't know where. But it was 90 miles away from home, so I know I didn't want to be at home. <laughs> so that was fantastic. Um, and then it was Catholic, and I wanted to uh, continue my Catholic education. And I wanted to be around people that were like-minded in that way. So it was a great fit. Um, it just so happens that uh, we didn't have, you know, back then you didn't have a lot of cars, so we hitchhiked to and from. So it would take me about two hours, depending upon the rides, to get here and back. Now it's an hour and 20 minutes, but those days are long gone. Yeah, a little, <laughs> a little different approach to yeah, travel back exactly. then. Exactly. So what was, uh, what was the experience like then on campus when you, when you got here? Uh, what was it that, uh, I guess, kind of think back some, some of those memories of what really stands out? Well, first of all, when you first get here, I, I, when you first asked me to, to think about this, I remember it, there was, I was very nervous and anxious because I wasn't going to be with my family anymore. I was going to be living with people that I didn't know. So there's a little bit of anxiety showing up and being room with someone that you have no idea who it is. Mm -hmm. But I got uh, to campus. I lived in Kane Hall for three of the four years that I was here. Um, I was absolutely thrilled with that decision to stay uh, in Kane. And uh, my roommates were fantastic. Um, uh, Dan Stebel was my first, my freshman year uh, roommate, and he, we were, it was a great match. We uh, we did things, a lot of things together. He he uh, ceased coming to Loris his second year. Uh, I hate to think it was because of me, but <laughs> it might have been. Um, but no, it was. Uh, it, it started out you, know, you didn't know anybody, and then all of a sudden. Um, it was just a, a fantastic experience. You got out, you met people. They had a lot of, of great uh, um, activities to meet other people. And what I remember most is getting involved in uh, the academic, or not the academic, but the intramural program. Al Schramm at the time was running a fantastic program, and everyone wanted to participate, and uh, a lot of people, most people did. It was fantastic, especially uh, at noon. Um, <laughs> You you come out of eleven o'clock class and you had about an hour uh, and in that time you grab something to eat and especially during the fall um, you had both men and women's touch football uh, 
programs going on. So you grabbed a bite and you sat down and you watched uh, your, your friends and people that you haven't met yet um, play. Mm-hmm. Um, you competed. Uh, you got to earn some bragging rights. And uh, you got to feel a, a, a part of the campus really quickly. Within mm-hmm. three weeks, that's up and running, and, and that really helped uh, serve as an icebreaker for a lot of us. This is really the key point in kind oh. of forging that community. Yeah. I mean, the academics was there. And, of course, you know, your first year, you're, you're, you're all, all about that. Yeah, that starts to fade after a while. But, um, you know, like any, anything that uh, is worthwhile, you, you stick with it. But really, for me, it was the social aspect of, of Laura's College. We had a lot going on, a lot of activities that we could be involved in. And uh, it just—it was a, a hand in glove for me. A fantastic experience. Okay, so so you you, you graduated and moved on. Obviously, left Loris. And what did kind of where did your your career path lead you? Well, uh, interestingly enough, um, I was a history major, uh, and I had every intention of uh, serving as a coach and teacher at the high school level. And uh, um, un, unlike today, you really didn't get to um, experience the classroom as a in college until your final semester or certainly your final year. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit late to make a decision change, you know, to, in your major. So uh, I didn't really, um, I wasn't really cut out to be a high school football coach and, and teachers for two reasons. First of all, uh, it just didn't fit me very well personality wise. And also yeah, I couldn't make a lot of money and mm-hmm. I wanted to pay off my loans. Sure. By the way, I, I forgot to mention that uh, f- uh, Mr. Charlie McCormick made it very, uh, put together a great package of both loans, grants, and, and work study for us. Uh, and that's the reason I got to attend Lawrence College, okay. because my, my parents couldn't afford it. But, uh, and because of that, um, I got to work at the pub. And one of the things I forgot to mention while I was still here, four years I got to work at the pub. There was a, it was the drinking age back then, it was 18. We won't get into the benefits of that. But uh, it did afford me to uh, be in a working environment when everyone else was socializing, especially on Wednesdays was home night, and then of course Friday and Saturday were, were big nights at the pub. And everything took place right on campus. The, the Clark girls, you have to remember back then, women were just starting to come to Loris. I think it was like the fourth year that it was opened my freshman year to women. And Clark was still part of the equation. So if you wanted to meet people and socialize with people, um, the pub was the place to go. The library and the pub, for some reason I, gravitated to the pub a little bit more than <laughs> I probably should have. But, uh, it worked out very well for me. But those two things really helped me uh, meet a lot of people and uh, make some long-lasting relationships. Of those, uh, I met uh, a, a lifelong friend, Graham Leonard, uh, Danny Lyons, some great guys from Delta Sig. That was the fraternity I pledged. And then my, uh, my last year here, I, I met a, a, a townie by the name of Karen Rodham. And I said I was never going to come back to Dubuque. And uh, I met her. And uh, needless to say, I learned a lot more after I graduated from college than before <laughs> because I ended up marrying that lady. I did <laughs> I did figure that out, and that I, did, I got right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But after college, um, I went to Chicago. Uh, I did not want to be a, a teacher, so I worked at the Board of Trade. And, uh, and again, Loris College comes into play because – Graham Leonard uh, was in, in, uh, he moved to Chicago to become a commercial banker. He's become a very successful guy in that venture. And, uh, and uh, I roomed with him for about six to eight months. Uh, and then uh, 
continued to work there. Actually, I moved in with my sister for another year and a half. And then um, after that, I uh, left the Board of Trade because I, I got engaged to Karen. We didn't want to uh, establish our family in Chicago. I wasn't going to move back to Dubuque. We went to St. Paul, got into sales, and had a sales career for probably 10 years uh, through retail. Um, uh, came back to Dubuque and worked for Frumble Industries, which is now right height. Ended up coming to DBT and working for their insurance uh, group. And then I, I got into what I would call my real career uh, uh, about uh, 10 years after I graduated, which is uh, Williams Hugh Brown Publishers, uh, which is now called Moragora Hill. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, that, they say that the saying was, publishing gets in your blood. Well, it, it was in mine, and I loved every bit of it. And I could only, um, uh, I, I guess I could only say that I, I was successful in landing that job and doing well in that career because of my experience at Lawrence College. Being a history major, if you think about it, uh, I really didn't know the sciences, and McGraw-Hill that was the headquarters for the life science division. So I became a marketing manager and then the editor and publisher, if you will, to uh, biology, genetics, molecular biology. Um, certainly those classes that I stayed away from when I was an undergrad. But uh, because of my education and my ability to think critically, I, I believe I not only uh, landed that job, but was very successful in career publishing. Okay, well, and you, you've skipped over a key point there. Like, you kind of glaze over the fact that you actually did come back to Dubuque. You said, yeah. You said, we, so, we're not going to come back to Dubuque, went to St. Paul, and suddenly you're back in Dubuque. And I we just kind of glossed yeah, over call, that, didn't we? Yeah, you <laughs> called me on that. Uh, yes, um, you know, before, when Karen and I first got married, we lived up in St. Paul for a while. And, we, and as things go, we wanted to be around uh, more uh, family and support system. And uh, I was traveling quite a bit. And that wasn't very fair for me to be gone. So mm-hmm. uh, we picked up, moved to Dubuque, and, and uh, I had no idea that, that such a gem of uh, the people and the career opportunities that were here and that, uh, you know, basically I was afforded to um, take advantage of and then become uh, a very good uh, publisher in time because I moved back to Dubuque. I would have never guessed that when I was that young. I'd never say never, right? Exactly, yeah. especially, and always, always remember to follow your wife's advice. <laughs> yeah, that, absolutely. Uh, so you have a great career at McGraw-Hill. Yeah. Um, and now you find yourself no longer at McGraw-Hill. You're back at Loris as, as a development officer. Yes. So how did, how did that come about? Well, uh, like everything else, you have a plan. And, uh, you know, I, w- I had planned to, I had almost 25 years at, at McGraw-Hill, and I had planned to work for 30 and retire and do all the things I wanted to do. Well, uh, that didn't work out because, uh, like a lot of other industries, um, the uh, publishing industry was shrinking, and so I was basically downsized. Uh, there was, there was a, probably a tiers of three and four moves over a four-year period of time. We went from a, probably 500 employees in the SEM area to down to 300, and I'm, I was one of those 200 that were of actually, you know, their positions were eliminated. Mm-hmm. So, but the nice thing about it is it, it afforded me a time to think about it. Um, whenever I would travel, Jim Collins and I would sometimes be on the same plane traveling. And uh, I had met Jim when I first moved back to Dubuque. He had just uh, graduated and he was the liaison for the Dubuque uh, club, uh, Loris uh, grads from, from Dubuque. So I had kind of kept in contact with him over the years. And, um, he from time to time would jokingly, not or maybe seriously, say, "Hey, when are you coming back to to Loris?" And uh, 
uh, when it came time to kind of evaluate what I wanted to do, if I wanted to move or stay here, uh, Laura st kept on coming to the top of my list of things that I thought would be a, a, a very fantastic, a fantastic opportunity. So I called Jim, and Jim put me in contact with Mike Doyle, and uh, it came to fruition that I, uh, I, I got an opportunity to move back, and now I'm a development officer mm -hmm. for Laura's College, and I got to tell you, I love it. What was it like to come back to campus? Different. How many years later? And I mean, FC campus is going to be different in yeah. itself. A lot of time has passed, but yeah, I mean, you're no longer a student. You're now, a, oh. yeah, you're more promoting the college instead of. Uh, well, one thing I noticed is I, I the first six months I, I took a step back and I just wanted to see what what the difference was because I knew in my position of going out and meeting grads and, and friends of, the, of Laura's is I would have to try to be the eyes and ears for those people that can't be on campus. And especially for those grads that are older than me or my vintage or close to my vintage, how much it's changed or how much it's remained the same. And so what I found was that um, uh, I found the students to be both engaging, very intelligent, and, um, and very well-rounded, uh, especially in their, uh, their faith as well as their ability to think critically. I, I was a big uh, proponent of uh, thinking critically when I was at the publishing in higher ed. And uh, I, I, I was very happy to see that um, being, that behavior being uh, uh, portrayed in, in the students that I met. Two is that uh, the campus had changed. Obviously, Kane Hall is no longer, Kane Field is no longer there. We have the, the resource center there. Um, the pub is part of a larger building. So learning the new, the new layout of the land um, was somewhat different, easy to understand, but really the how much the behavior of the students have changed. And, and uh, if I were to revert back to the first semester or any first semester of my four years that I was here, you, any given time during class, between classes, there'd be a lot of activity, a lot of boisterous conversations and almost yelling mm -hmm. uh, across you know, the campus or across the walkways because that's how we had to communicate. You didn't necessarily get together. Well, now there's a lot of quietness because everybody's on there cell phones. Mm -hmm. So I, I was looking at that and I thought, wow, this is, this is so different. Um, and it's, it's hard to try to explain to, you know, the, our constituents that, you know, support laws. They, they, they can see it, but they really can't understand it because mm -hmm. it was such a, that camaraderie and that engagement, that vocal engagement mm -hmm. was such a part of our, uh, the chemistry that made up our, our campus life. And now that and not that not stock gone, mm -hmm. but it's certainly not as is as evident. It's as just a, different. That's it's, right. It's, exactly. There's just a different level the, of interaction. The students are still very much engaged. Mm -hmm. It's just if you took a look at it from the, and you didn't understand, you wouldn't understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. But it's it's just a different way, exactly. Mm -hmm. So and now you're you're here on campus. You're here for the homecoming events. You're here for all, oh, but, yeah. but in a different capacity. What? How is it to, to kind of? take part in basically the celebration of Loris when you're, you know, look, you know, this many, this many years later in a different capacity? Um, it's, it's different, but it's the same. Um, my personality has always been, you know, I, I always try to ask questions and, and engage people. And, and I'm really interested in, in their story and understanding because I take great um, pride and joy in learning what other people have to offer and their experience. And then I can, when I'm talking to them, uh, whether, whether it be on campus, if they come home for, for uh, an event, when I say come home, come back to Loris, mm -hmm. or I meet them out in their offices or in their homes, um, 
those shared stories and those shared experiences um, help me understand where they're coming from. And also, I can then share with them. So it's not just a one-way conversation, but it's actually engagement on both sides. Mm -hmm. And there is, I find it to be a much more valuable um, experience for my job as promoting Laura's College. They, you know, you just don't want to ask questions that have it be hollow. You, you have to be engaged. You have to be interested. And I find that that's just natural to me. So mm -hmm. um, I enjoy every bit of it. And quite frankly, now I get paid for it. What, <laughs> what, a, what a better way to, to make a living. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, yeah, you can celebrate Loris and yeah, oh. actually just, yeah, it's a career and not just. Uh, I, it is. Yeah. And, and I, I wake up every morning energized to see who I can meet um, and to tell the story. And the story is, is a fantastic story. I mean, higher education is under attack for so many different places, and especially small private schools like Loris. And then a Catholic school at that because, you know, let's face it, a lot of, uh, a lot of individuals don't find the value in, in Catholic education. But when you realize what Catholic education has to offer and how much that means to those that have already had it and have, uh, have moved on and made careers and now retiring or have retired from careers, they see the value of that, that Catholic education. Um, they see the value of, of I mean, it's going to cost a little bit more, but they see the value of having smaller classes mm -hmm. and the quality of both the education and the socialization and the service that Loris offers, not only the community, but, but the country. Um, it's, it's, such a, it's such an easy story to tell and so much fun to be able to tell it. Right. And I mean, even, I mean, the one thing that doesn't seem to have changed, every, everybody I've talked to you from, you know, um, Alumni who've been here from you know going back years and even current students, it's the engagement with each other, but also the engagement with the faculty. The the the, oh. the level of of uh, basically investment the the faculty put into their students is I mean it's 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 not really quantifiable, but it, it is significant. It's a it's a tangible element. Uh, certainly, when I was in school, uh, you know, Doc White, uh, Doc Augie, Doctor Wilby. Uh, and then, you, you know, Sister Bernadine was, was tremendous help my last year in, in, as a counselor. And then, uh, I mean, so the, yeah, I've got names that I go back to all the time, Father Barda. Mm -hmm. uh, but if I talk to, uh, you know, alum, they're talking, you know, Dr. Nye, Dr. Schulte. They have names, and then now I'm talking today, and I meet, and the nice thing about now is I get to meet these people that teach. And I see the passion, and I see the intellect. And more importantly, I see the engagement and the true enjoyment that they have interfacing with our students. And it's so easy to be able to connect, and they're willing to, the, the faculty are willing to connect with um, alumni and grads and friends for the purpose of bettering and improving Loris College. And so that's, that's a benefit that, you know, I, I, you know, I just take for granted, but I probably shouldn't. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, when you reflect back, um, you know, so if you've had some time of getting ready for this interview. Um, are, are there any moments or you, you mentioned some individuals, but I mean, are there any either moments or individuals that really stand out? Like that's, that is my Loris experience. Those are the ones that really pop out every time I think about it. Yeah. Um, to me, uh, there's, there's, there's a few of them. Uh, Doc White's, uh, the reason I became a history major, I didn't really know what I wanted to do until my second semester I had to choose. And I just remember Doc White, making history become alive. It wasn't just a litany of facts and factoids. 
um, and dates, but you know he brought the the big picture to all of the what you would find as a historical events. He would you know during the Civil War he would talk about professional baseball and what was going on. He'd read from the papers from the Pittsburgh paper and like I never looked at it that way. And what it taught me was you always have to look at the bigger picture. Well, how whatever's in front of you, what else? What's the context and how is it presented? And it promoted that critical thinking. That's one experience. The other experience is, is uh, I remember Doc Wilkie, uh, my, my junior year, you know, he said, hey, what do you want to do? And he brought me up to his, his suite, and uh, I said, well, what's this all about? And, and uh, he's, he, in his way, he offered me a, a glass of sherry, and he was saying, now, look, and I understand you're going to be going out in a few hours here, so I'll start you out in a very small way, but we need to talk about what you want to do when you graduate. And he, for 45 minutes, just asked me questions. It was a great conversation. And what he did was basically train me in thinking, hey, look, not everything is going to work the way you want to. Mm-hmm. You should look for different avenues of opportunities, not just the one that you have in front of you. It's that type of thing for me that made Loris the experience it was. And uh, you, can't, you, you, you can't overvalue that. And then the last thing is just the, the camaraderie I had with my, uh, my you know, Delta Sig and uh, the blue coats and the yellow coats were sororities and uh, the football games, all of that socializing. Um, just so much fun and lifelong memories and again lifelong friends yeah kind of really keeps coming back to community oh absolutely you know going to the pub going over to the avenue um you know spending too much time in the library because uh, i would tend to a cram (laughs) (laughs) so uh that's because you're at the pub and not the uh, library oh yeah yeah i I, you know had i look at it now i'd do it differently but uh yeah i was i was all about excess you know one way (laughs) than the other (laughs) Well, so now the, the hardest part of the, of the of the discussion here is if you're talking to anybody about Loris and they ask you, you know, what is it, like, what's that one thing that really defines Loris? What, to you, what is, what's that one thing, that one thing that really kind of encapsulates what Loris is about? Why Loris College is important is because it provides a, fo- a solid foundation for a, a student to do well in any endeavor they want to, rather regardless of their, their studies, because the faculty and the administration live their vocation of academics, uh, Catholic thinking, and most of our service. Hmm. That's it. It's very well said. And um, before we wrap up, I do want to uh, kind of, I want to make sure that the listeners are, or to the podcast are aware. So they're, on the Loris Daily website, um, on Sundays we've been airing a series of videos by student Jacob Till. Has been fantastic, um, and it's called a, it's a staying anchored where we're talking. He, he's focused on um, a Catholic faith and how through our faith we're able to to stay anchored through a tumultuous year. And one of those episodes was which actually featured you, and it's actually I want to make sure we'll, we'll share that out. In uh, when you look at the the notes for this this episode, you'll you'll see a link. Um, it's you discussing how you how you're kind of getting through it, and it's actually displaying a uh, pretty significant talent. Yes, um, I uh, I learned how to play the piano in one of the little uh, um, 
I want to call them piano practice rooms. It was under the Christ the King Chapel my freshman and sophomore year. I learned how to play it by chord and by ear. And I parlayed that into becoming a, a wedding singer. So I made money <laughs> singing weddings. And then um, I now, you know, I, I play for mass with a great group of guys. And uh, we'll call the lads. Uh, and, uh, and we also sing at uh, St. Patrick's Day and other Irish <laughs> activities, uh, a little bit more rebellious than uh, <laughs> certainly what happened at mass. But, um, uh, yeah, I, I actually take great pride and uh, and comfort in playing the piano, it helps me get through mm -hmm. a day. And also my uh, Catholic prayer uh, helps me get through the day as well. So yeah, I was very honored to be asked to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well definitely, like I said, we'll, we'll share out that link so everybody who's listening can uh, listen to, to Patrick play the piano and hear his actually wonderful singing voice as well. So make sure we share that out. The bar's pretty low on your side. Of <laughs> <laughs> well, Patrick, thank you so much for, for for sitting in here and joining me and kind of chatting and sharing all your Loris memories and kind of even sharing your, your current experiences. Well, th thanks for the opportunity. I appreciate it, Robert. You always do good work, as does your marketing group, and uh, uh, I hope you make me sound good. <laughs> I, the concern is never you. Uh -huh. <laughs> the, the work on Trent's side is always on my end. So. <laughs> so, And speaking of that, I actually want to thank Trent Hanselman, who is our producer, and as always, I'm putting him to work this week, but... I also want to thank everyone who listened into our discussion. For more podcasts as well as Loris news and features, be sure to visit the Loris Daily website at daily.loris.edu and be sure to sign up for free email updates so you don't miss a thing. If you consume our podcasts through iTunes and Spotify, you can find the Duhawk Digest there as well, so be sure to check them out. We hope you'll join us next time for another Duhawk Digest. Until then, take care of yourselves and each other, and go Duhawks! <laughs>